All right, what's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me for another episode of the podcast. Before we dive into this week's episode, which is my conversation with Harris Benjamin, by the way, this episode is awesome. We dive in really, really deep on topics about like motivation, determination, discipline, um, and how that all comes together, what you really need to focus on, um, and what maybe you can tune out when it comes to setting a fitness goal for yourself or setting a nutrition goal for yourself and then trying to put a plan in place to actually achieve it. I think you're going to love this episode. Uh, But real quick, I wanted to pop in just for a minute before uh, we get into that conversation to let you know um, that I'm super excited that on April 5th, I am going to be able to open things up and actually take on a handful of new clients. So I just wanted to put that out there here on the podcast and let you know that if you're interested at all, um, you can feel free to, to reach out to me, ask any questions that you may have. Obviously on the website, chrisgatesfitness.com, there's a ton of good information. Um, but you know, also on any of the social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, any of that good stuff, wherever you are, if you have any questions, if you're interested at all, uh, please feel free to reach out. And I'll definitely be sharing more information as we approach April April 5th. But I just wanted to put that on your radar because I'm super excited. All the support uh, that you've shown me uh, over the last few years as uh, Chris Gates Fitness has kind of grown uh, has been very, very uh, crucial and helpful in terms of being able to finally get to a point where we can expand things a little bit. So I'm super excited to hopefully help more people. I hope you are too. Now, without any further ado, let's dive into today's podcast episode with Harris Benjamin. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am excited to have Harris Benjamin here uh, to to talk a little fitness, nutrition, mindset, strength training, all that good stuff. Harris, how are you? Chris, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate yeah. it. Um, so we we talked a little bit of shop right before we you know officially started the the episode, and I already learned that you're a big fan of the office. So we're off to a great start, but uh, <laughs> why don't you tell people a little bit uh, about yourself, uh, who you are, what you do, and and uh, you know, kind of, I guess what you what you get into primarily in this uh, this fitness world that that we live in. Absolutely, I've, I've probably lost quite a few brain cells watching The Office. I've seen that way too many times. <laughs> back to your your question. So I'll instead of doing what a lot of people do and like start way back, I'll start kind of where I am now and maybe work back to where it's relevant. Um, so as we speak, I'm living in New York City. I am doing my own business, online training, in-person training as well. But with, with everything going on online, it's been a big, bigger focus. Um, I'm actually doing a little bit differently as we speak. I'm doing primarily FaceTime training. So it's not the typical, you know, just programming and accountability through emails. Um, but I'm actually kind of getting in there face-to-face just as, as you would in person. Yeah. And it's been going really well. I am trying to kind of slowly but surely move towards the other direction because I think it's it's going to be a little more sustainable for me. And I think for the clients, you know, I think it's really important to talk about how autonomy plays a role in fitness and having people while be face-to-face with the coach is so great. People should be able to get to that point where they can really just start to work on their own, you know, with little check-ins with little guidance kind of repivot on their own. So that's kind of where I'm trying to get at with my business and working with people. Um, before doing things on my own, which is about two months, two months in, I was working at a gym for a couple of years in the city. It was a corporate gym, it was one-on-one training, great place. Uh, that's where I really first got exposed to sales in terms of personal training and not sales in the typical sense of the word, but really like 
trying to express what you do better for people, you know, and how you can help them better. And that's, that's, that was a really pivotal time because before that I was coaching in a gym in Indiana. It was semi-private. It was a lot of athletes, a lot of like stay at home moms and dads and kind of just a big mix of people, which is really cool. But it was just the coaching side. I didn't really learn how to kind of do that full package with somebody and really get them from like, nice to meet you to this is where you're going to go, you know? So the gym that I just came out of was a really helpful piece of that. Um, before that, I, as I said, I was in Indiana, I was studying exercise science. I was kind of just getting into this whole field. And it really hit me when I realized physical therapy, which is the field that I was trying to go into, was so much more focused on rehab. You know, it was people who were already injured, didn't necessarily want to be in the clinic, you know, trying to get better. And it's still an extremely noble profession. I think that's a great, great thing to have. And it's necessary. And we were, as you know, we refer out a lot of times to physical therapists, but it wasn't for me. I really wanted to kind of get in there with the people who were ready to make a change from where they were to a stronger life. And that's what brought me into personal training and coaching. Um, before that, I was just, you know, typical, like young kid trying to get muscle and strength and look good for girls and like not feel awkward and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's, that's what got me into strength training. And as you can see, it kind of progressed onward from there. Awesome. So I'm curious about that, uh, the FaceTime training, cause I, I know that's gained more steam obviously because of the year and the world we live in right now, um, with gyms closing or having, you know, reduced capacity and just people's access to the resources that they are used to having is limited or different in some way. Um, is that something I, I'm just fascinated by it. Like, is that something people had been reaching out about and inquiring about, or is it, was that an idea that you had and you said, you know, what, I'm going to put this out there and see if people are interested in it. And then there was a demand that, that you saw. I like that question. Um, a lot. So it's, it's actually more just that it was a natural transition from what I was so used to doing in the sense that every 99% of the time, every time I worked with somebody officially, it was show up at the gym, you know, this is the plan today, train them, talk about the, the week ahead, kind of set their habits in place and then reconvene in person, you know? So I was so used to always having that face-to-face -face contact throughout the training session. Mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't want to just cut that off cold turkey, you know, because why would I, I had some people elsewhere that I thought that would work really well with. And I still really enjoy that. You know, it's nice to be able to, to see the people I'm working with on such a deep level, because the truth is like, like I mentioned earlier, my goal with anybody always is to make them as autonomous as possible, right? As self-dependent with their fitness as possible. And that doesn't mean that they then don't need a coach or don't want to coach forever, you know, but if they didn't have one, they would have zero doubts on how to get where they want to go how to kind of get back on track, as we always say. Um, so my point there is I like being able to work with those people because as sessions go on, I kind of develop them into knowing so much what they're doing on the gym floor that a lot of our session just becomes like habit talking, kind of planning for the week ahead. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll tell the person to warm up before we meet, maybe do the first couple exercises. We finish out the session and then we finish talking about nutrition uh, how their, how the work life's going, family life, and kind of just give them like a set of habits for the next week, you know? Mm. Um, so that's, that's kind of where it came from. But as I said, I'm starting to try and split a little bit more elsewhere, just because I do want to give people a little bit more of a chance to like, to, to get the guidance and then work on it on their own. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That, that autonomy piece is 
man, that's huge. Uh, I, I'll like kind of, you know, if somebody signs on and they, they want to do coaching, one of the first things I'll say is like, my goal is for you to eventually not need me, <laughs> you know? And, and, and if you want to continue coach, I, I have quite a few people that we've been working together for years and, and it's, it's awesome. But like, that's kind of how the, the relationship evolves is that we start and it's, it's pretty intensive. Um, but like the goal is to almost get you to a place where you're able to call the shots or maybe not call the shots, but have a significant amount of input as to what makes sense and maybe where we might go next, because it's about building habits. And I feel like that's a, you know, if you're, if you're getting into the gym and, and you're trying to get healthy and fit and, and learn about, you know, maybe uh, overhauling your lifestyle, you, you need to get to a point where it becomes a habit. And I think, you know, that it's becoming a habit when you're able to start you as in like the client, you're able to start dictating or deciding where some of the twists and turns may be and where we might go next. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, on, on something you just said too, just to kind of like veer away a little bit, but I, I really like that idea of the importance of building a habit with people and just how important that is, you know, because the, the truth is like, and this is what I tell my people all the time. And I know you do as well. The goal is not to get to a place where you are just endlessly, perfectly consistent on your regimen with every single area of your fitness, because that is, that sounds so unappealing to me, you know, because I don't want a life where I never, I have to just expect to always be on point with everything. It's not going to happen. It's going to stress me out. You know, I want to know that, you know, sometimes maybe I won't work out for a week or sometimes I'll have like a triple burger and a milkshake and not worry about it. Like it's going to come up and I, I don't want to have to keep working to get to a place where that never happens. Yeah. I want to get to a place that I know no matter what happens, like, I don't care what you take away from me equipment wise, what situation happens in front of me. I know enough and I have enough experience. I being like, let's say the client mm -hmm. to get back to where I want to be, you know, like no matter what happens, that's true confidence. I think in, in any area of life and in fitness, that's what, that's where the confidence comes from. So I'm much more interested in developing, developing people's confidence in their fitness so they can get back to where they want, no matter what happens rather than just having them always be on track with everything and kind of like perfect all these pieces, you know, cause it's just not realistic. Yeah. Um, and, and sorry, that makes me think about just like, oftentimes I think if it's a, you know, if it's a weight loss goal or if it, it could even be a strength goal or something like that, we often think of it as I want to lose X amount of pounds and maybe, maybe I want to do it by, whatever the date is a certain day. Um, and I think that's, uh, I get why that's, that's often the mindset where it's like, I, I want to accomplish this amount of progress by a certain day. But the reality of it is you don't hit that day and you make the progress and then that's just your progress and it ends. The, re the reality is that you continue because if, if you don't continue with whatever you're doing, you know, you may see your, the progress that you made backtrack. Um, and there, there, I guess the point I'm trying to make is like, there is no perfection. There is no, like you get to this point where everything's dialed in and it, it, it just, you just are that healthy fit person. 
it's a continual thing that you have to work with. So naturally you have to understand that there are going to be periods of time where you're not going to be as dialed in. You're not going to be crushing yourself in the gym five or six days a week. You're not going to be, um, you know, hitting your macros or your calories every single day. You're going to have periods of time throughout the year and throughout your life that it's going to ebb and flow and being able, like you said, to get to a point where you can accept that and understand that and just see it as a, a phase but understand how to put the pieces together because you have some of those habits built up already. Um, I mean, that's, that's such a huge marker of, of progress, I think. Absolutely. I have a question for you. And I'm sure the people that are, that listen to your, your episodes often know this, but what's just a little more background on you. What's your kind of style with working with people? What do you typically go through? Who do you like to work with? I'm, I'm curious about that. Yeah. In terms of goals, you know, it, it seems to be often weight loss goals, Um, but I also, my big emphasis in philosophy is that everybody should be strength training. I I really think virtually everybody should be strength training. Um, so, you know, if you want to lose weight, if that's a goal that you have, um, understanding that like, maybe it's not the rapid fat loss program that you should be on. Maybe we design a program for you that uh, is a bit more well-rounded and, uh, sure we're doing cardio, Um, but we're also getting you into doing some of these strength training basics where we're pressing, we're rowing, we're squatting, um, we're pulling on a weekly basis to develop some overall strength and not only set you up well so that you end up losing the weight, you get down to uh, a healthier uh, body weight, but then you also kind of have a foundation where you're, you're able to pull from from more than just one uh, area to manipulate your progress and where you want to go from that point moving forward. So it's not just, well, every time I want to lose weight, I got to do cardio five days a week and I got to get on the stair stepper in the gym and do it until I'm drenched, drenched in sweat. And then I show up again tomorrow and I do it again. Um, so kind kind of, uh, it, the goal is normally weight loss, but it, it, we, we try and make it more well-rounded so that, uh, you're learning a lot more about what you can do with fitness than just lose weight. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that a lot. And that also brings me to another thought of just, and I know this is something that's said so many times and people hear this and they preach it, but truthfully, like how important understanding the deeper part of what you want to achieve is like understanding that deeper why, you know, and again, I know that's, it's a book title and it's a headline and it sounds so like cliche, but if there's any goal, even if someone's like, I don't care about the why right now, right? I just want to get to this place and on my body and then, and then we'll figure it out. You know, it's setting yourself up on a weak foundation. And I, I'll work with sometimes people, I'll work with people sometimes, you know, who will start off by saying that they'll be like, I understand it's important, but just for these few months, like, can we just not worry about the deep thing? I just want to like go super aggressive and just like do this, do this, do this, do this, and then I'll figure it out. But the thing is when said person gets to that goal, right? Whether they get there or not, when they get to that date or that event or that thing, it's going to, they're going to be in the new present moment. You know, they're not going to all of a sudden lose that mentality. That mentality is actually probably going to be worsened quote, because now they've put in three months of these like self-sabotaging habits and behaviors. And they've been so aggressive to themselves that now they're going to probably say, you know what, maybe it's fine. I'll just, I'll keep doing this aggressive thing to get to the next place. And it's going to build and build. So my whole thing is like, 
just like a, kind of a snowball going down a hill, right? It's going to start very small and not very obvious, but it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, whatever you do. So those little steps in the very beginning of somebody's kind of fitness and their, their journey, so to speak, is very crucial how they go about it, right? What, what lens they look at it from. So I want people from the beginning, even if they're just kind of basic and they're getting into it to understand their why or try to, or understand kind of the deeper meaning behind fitness itself, right? More than just looks, more than just this, like where are they going to be when they're 80 years old? How are they going to feel about themselves? What kind of like life did they live? You know, how does fitness play into that? And that's, that's why you need to start not having everything in place, but start appreciating that aspect of it. Because if you don't now, like it's going to be harder and harder to focus on that. Yeah. I love that. And and what you said at the end there about like, where are you going to be when you're 80 and yeah. and how do you envision that now? Cause I think that's, I mean, that long-term mindset is just, it's not talked about nearly enough because it's not sexy. It's not the, it's not going to sell a supplement or a program or anything like that. But I, I personally think about that a lot. Like I don't want to be in a retirement home when I'm 80 because I can't get up and move around and uh, on my own. I want to be able to be reliant on myself and able to do the things that I want to do for as long as I possibly can. So if that means four to five days a week, I got to put a little work in on me. I think that that is an investment that that's entirely worth it. Mm -hmm. You want to be able to wipe your own ass basically. (laughs) That's one of the things. Yeah. That's one of the things, but yeah. And you know what too is like, and I think just to to try and add to, to what you're saying too is, that's such a, at least to me, right? And to a lot of people, that's such a logical thing, right? It's okay. You want to be able to do this when you're 80. It's a no brainer then to take care of yourself, you know, but so many people that we talk to and maybe we both, you and I have struggled with this at some point as well, like still have a hard time connecting our current actions to 60 years from now, 50 years from now, you know, even though it seems like it's a good idea. It makes sense. We're going to get there. It's like, okay, but I have time. I have more time to do whatever I want to do. And then I'll, I'll worry about it when I'm 40 or 50 or 60, whatever. But you also like appreciate not just how you'll see things when you're 80, but what your actual quality of life is going to be like day to day, you know, because the more that I've been strength training myself and training, the more I realize the reason I keep doing this is because of how it makes my current day, you know, because like we could have goals for tomorrow. We could have plans next week with a friend. We could have things to do. But the only thing we're actually in control of is like today, literally like this next hour, right? It's 1030 AM. Like I can't control anything, but this conversation. So I feel a lot more energetic, confident in this conversation, excited to be chatting with you because I did some deadlifts an hour ago, you know, like I had some water, I I ate breakfast. I did some things for myself that are now impacting this moment. If I didn't do those deadlifts, if I didn't have that water, I would be a little like cloudy. You probably would not get the the office jokes out of me. Like (laughs) I would be a little, you know, I wouldn't be the same person. So I really try to try to get people to understand it's not just the lifting, the nutrition, the body, the the strength goals, right? It's like your work life, your family life, your, whatever your deeper purpose as a person is, like, even if it has nothing to do with fitness is going to be seriously noticeably better. If you just do a few lifts a few times a week, if you just, if you like get to feel what your body's movement is like, right. If you put some good shit inside of you, you know, um, that's going to help a lot. Yeah. Like, like, why not use that tool? Because it's a tool. It's like, I don't lift now because I'm like, I have to stay on my program because I have these goals. It's like, I'm going out with my girlfriend later. I'm going to go do some work. I don't really want to feel kind of like 
soft and cloggy, clogging my head and all this stuff. I want to feel very confident, solid, physically, like alert, et cetera, for X, Y, Z. And doing a workout now, doing a hard, aggressive, whatever workout is going to get me there, you know? So it's a tool. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and I want to go, <clears throat> we've touched on it a couple of times, uh, a little bit here about just like maybe the, the role of fitness in our earlier years and, and how it's evolved. I kind of want to dive into that. It was one of the cool things about doing these interviews is I get to hear from other people, just what their personal journey with fitness was. And you, and you mentioned it a little bit there at the beginning where, uh, for you, it, it's <laughs> like, so, like so many people maybe started off, you know, trying to get swole and, uh, get girls to notice you and stuff like that. But like, maybe beyond that, like, what type of training did you get into initially and, and how did that evolve for you? I, I know I'm sure it's been over many, many years, but how did that evolve for you to get to the place where you are now? I think there's, there's a lot of realizations that happen for people that stick mm -hmm. to it and can be, can be consistent with training for a long period of time where maybe you do have a mindset shift, but it, it happens, like I said, over many, many years and many reps and sessions. Yeah, that's a, that's awesome. So also feel free to wave me down if I'm rambling because that tends to happen. So <laughs> let's see. Um, all right. I started, you know what? This is actually interesting that I know the first ever physically recorded workout of my life was on August 22nd, 2011. I have like probably four to five years worth of workouts recorded from the yeah. first day that I worked out back in my, my parents' house. And I always like to look through there, you know, because I kind of see an evolution, not just the numbers and the, the body stats, but like what I was writing, how I was reacting to training, what kind of stuff I was doing. Um, but yeah, that I was 16 when I first like actually committed to trying something. And the first two to maybe four years was solely me learning on YouTube, me reading articles, going in my basement with no windows, no lights, no social, like nothing, and just lifting. I was lucky to be able to have my family help me out and put some, when I was 16, put some weights in the house. And that's how I started. You know, I just, I taught myself for a few years. Um, and I, again, it's kind of hard to remember, but the beginning, as I said, was just based on like, I don't feel confident. I weigh 125 pounds soaking wet. Like I don't like anything about myself. So this seems like it might help. And as the weeks and the months and the list started to progress, what I realized the biggest takeaway that I had from training was that it gave me a really pure sense of control, something that I didn't have in other areas, you know? And again, I'm not the first person ever to complain about anything. Like my family is great. I'm very lucky, all this stuff. But as anybody's family does, you know, there were some, there were some moments and it was a very nice outlet for me, for me to be able to go downstairs and just put some weights on a barbell, like look at my journal, how much did I lift last week and see that objective number that no matter what else is going on in my life is not changing, right? I can control that. I can put five more pounds on and try to do this. If I don't, I'm not any better this week. And now next week's another chance, you know? So it's like, it gave me a really confident sense of purpose that I can just actually keep working on myself regardless of what happened. So like if school wasn't going well, if whatever was going off or this, like I could just go down and try to hit a PR. And when I did that, I felt like as a person I was improving and that was pretty cool. Um, once I got to college, same idea. And then a big change where it turned from just me like learning kind of lifting to starting to go into the world of how can I actually help other people with this? Cause I never thought of that, you know, it's just, I was young and it wasn't a, a thought. I found a gym in my college town 
that seemed to specialize in Olympic weightlifting, right? Snatches, cleans. I didn't know what that was, but I saw this guy on Facebook who went to that gym and he was putting like 250 pounds over his head in the snatch pretty easily. I was like, that's fucking sweet. I, want to do that. <laughs> I really want to do that. So I, I called the gym, went down there, had a quick chat with the owner and he basically like talked me into, cause he was, a, he was good at what he did um, into coming to the gym and just working out there, you know, and learning Olympic lifting. So now all of my training transitioned from all I knew was like bench press, squats, um, rows, kind of basic stuff. And I, I never touched kettlebells. I didn't do any powerful movements to I'm just going back to only the barbell for three months. That's all he let me do. And just learning the snatch, learning the clean. Like I would picture this. I was a hundred, maybe 45 pounds. I was still pretty weak, not that confident, just started school. And now I'm in a circle of 10 to 12 guys a couple of times a week that are all like national champion Olympic lifters <laughs> yeah. because it was just one team. Yeah. Yeah. So I was talking about insecure. I was like, this guy next to me is like back squatting five thirty, And I'm like, I have like 160 on the bar, but but good on you, man, for because like so much of your your ability in so many ways, so much of your ability to progress is about the people that you surround yourself with. So if you surround yourself with some world cha- or uh, some national champions or or contenders, yeah. you're probably yeah. going to make some progress. Exactly, physical progress and mentally. Like I, I'm so grateful for that too because I talk, I talk, I use that example with my clients all the time. You know, when they start something, they're like, "Oh, why is my technique technique not getting better?" And I tell them, look, my coach was and is a master, like he was a world champion in the master's division. And he had me doing technique for three months without weight. Like if he does that for me, you know, like you can, you can practice your lunch for another work week without <laughs> putting more weight on. Yeah. Like it's a lot of examples come from that, but long story short, back to your question, you know, that was a pivotal moment because I started to train in a different way. I started to get some actually outside guidance besides self-education. And I started to see that they had coaches on the floor that were like training people. They had physical workbooks on the ground with their programs. They were doing really cool stuff. You know, there's turf, there are ropes. And it took me a while, but eventually I, I asked them what that was about and I had an internship program. Um, so I ended up interning and that's kind of how my coaching and personal training journey started. But again, back to your question on physical stuff, that that's kind of the route it took, you know, it was Olympic weightlifting. And then I got out of that and I went back to like powerlifting stuff and I did some strongman workouts and I kind of just like weaved back and forth between different strength stuff. But now it's like strength is my, is like my true, true love with training. You know, it's just like not necessarily just max one rep maxes, but it's what can I do that is heavier, harder, and makes me kind of like have to level up as a person, you know, through sure. lifting. So that, yeah. that's the big evolution of where my training's gone. I love that. And I mean, you tried a ton of different training styles over the years, which I think is great and so important for people to just try and maybe not, maybe not switch every month and do something different, but, um, but try. And, you know, it sounds like our starting points were probably similar because when I got started with, I guess, I don't know, I guess when I got started with fitness was just trying to play sports as a kid, but I was always too skinny and too small to actually make the team. So I couldn't play football. I couldn't play basketball or anything like that. So I ran cross country. Um, and eventually got to a point where, you know, I was kind of sick of just having this barrier that didn't seem fair or that I didn't want. So I tried to figure out how to start lifting weights and that, that started in college, but that, that all or nothing mindset that you mentioned earlier was, 
I mean, that was the foundation of, of what I did for years. So being able to then convey to people, to clients or, or people who have questions like, Hey, I've, I've done what you're talking about. I've been there and I've probably made all the mistakes that you could possibly make, whether it be with your diet and nutrition or with training, just like going into the gym and am wrapping every exercise every day, every week for months on end and not taking deloads and not taking rest breaks, not eating, eating enough or not eating to support my goals, you know, like all those things. Um, it was a, it was a, I think for, for me, it was beneficial to, to go through that. Cause I feel like I can help people with it now, um, to, to hopefully avoid, you know, running into some of those, those situations. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think trying and giving it a legitimate try and being consistent with it is, is so beneficial and important for people. Yeah. hundred percent. I have a question for you, um, which might, I don't think it'll take us anywhere off of here, but, and I'm asking this because I, I read something this week that I thought was pretty interesting. I'm curious if we can chat on it. What yeah. are your thoughts, like just blanket statement with regards to discipline and the issues a lot of people face with their fitness? Like, how do you feel that plays a role? Discipline. Well, yeah, I mean, and I was loaded. No, I try and, you know, I think it's important to to understand that there's a balance. Like you, you can't be a hundred percent disciplined every day because you're going to completely burn yourself out. Like you can't, you can't have every single meal. I don't think it's healthy to have every single meal of your week be dialed in and hitting the exact targets that you want to. Like, I think it's important to have a little bit of flexibility. And I think the same thing goes with training. Like you should be probably dialed in when you're in your training sessions and sticking to your program, but also understand that there, there needs to be um, almost an, an equal amount of discipline to understand when you need to scale things back or when it's okay to take a rest or take a break. So it's a, it, that's an interesting question and topic that you pose because it's, it's a, it's a tough one to, to answer exactly. Cause it's kind of conceptual, but it's, it's one that's important, I think, for people to find a balance with, but not easy to, to find a balance with. Yeah, I agree completely. I'm just curious, you know, I think that's an interesting subject because there's a lot of roots to that, that topic that people struggle with, you know, like some are in the train of you have to be disciplined all the time, you know, like go, go, go. And, and some people aren't. And I also think it's important to, to tell people like, this is by no means getting people out of the work that is required to do anything, of course, but like, I, I, I don't want people to think if they aren't necessarily doing the things that they need to be doing or think they need to be doing to get to some stronger place. They just inherently lack discipline, you know, and they're just inherently a bad person. Cause that's not true. I, I was talking to a client of mine this week and uh, we've, he's long story short, been wanting to lose a lot of body weight hasn't happened yet. He's gotten incredibly strong since we started. And he's like, learned all these movements, never trained before in any way. And now he's just an athlete, you know, but the body weight still thing is, uh, is progressing. And we keep coming back to like the basics of just, I need to know a little bit more about what he's eating and kind of start there. And the tracking just isn't happening. We've tried different methods, this, this, that still not happening. And his response is always like, oh, I'm just not disciplined. Like I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll just, I'll force myself, you know? And while I get that and I, I feel for it, I, I try to reassure him and I would try to reassure anybody listening that it might not be that you're just a 
undisciplined person. It might be that you don't have the right environment in place or the strategies in place or, or you haven't built up, again, these habits that allow the discipline to be on autopilot. You know, because I think every single person has a part of them that can be very, very, very on it. You know, like a lot of people might be struggling, quote unquote, with discipline with their fitness, but they're super successful in their careers or have amazing families and do these things. That's not easy shit to do. Like, that's very hard to do. And that requires a lot of so-called discipline. So my point is it might not just be that, you know, it might be you have to kind of look at other things and give yourself a break if you're not doing those things every single moment. Um, I'm reading a book right now. It's called The One Thing by Gary Keller. It's, it's pretty interesting. And I know everybody always has a book and there, there's so many books and it's a little overwhelming. But the reason I like this book is because it's kind of the opposite of just more info. It's trying to minimize what's in our surroundings in our life. And as the title says, get us to our one thing, right? The one thing that by doing that, everything else is unnecessary or not worth our time, you know, like what's the one thing we could focus on that creates that ripple effect in everything else. Um, and the chapter I'm on now talks about discipline and he actually, in his words, says discipline is a complete, like over, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's overused, right? And it's, it's not what it is. And he says it's a, frankly a lie, which I don't know if I agree with or not, like it's interesting, but his point is you don't need discipline all the time or really in anything. You just need enough discipline to build the habit and then let the habit kind of just take you, you know, like have enough discipline with your, your nutrition to just have, have a salad a day or have your water each day or pack your meals. If that helps you do that enough to where it becomes a part of your life and you find ways to incorporate into your environment and make it something that isn't a struggle to do every time. Mm -hmm. And then it's just going to, it's going to, the momentum will build and it's going to be much easier to do. And then you don't have to grind and be disciplined and, beat yourself up that you have to force this habit in it's going to be a part of your life you know like showering or brushing your teeth you kind of just do it yeah so i thought that was interesting in that yes discipline is a thing and it's important sometimes but you only need so much to get something going and then go to the next thing you know you don't have to just sustain this badass work ethic and like kill yourself all the time to just implement some more water you know it shouldn't be that <laughs> yeah. on your life. like eventually it should be kind of smooth yeah i love that you know as as we talked more about the word discipline, some other words came to mind for me that seem to pop up in this health and fitness world <clears throat> that we live and work in. And one of them is motivation. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that word and just the, the, the idea of motivation and, and being motivated? Because I think I think that's another word that like maybe it's interpreted or used incorrectly or maybe a little bit too much. I think both things. I, I like the way you phrase that. I think it's used too much and possibly incorrectly, you know. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you and say like, because I'm, I'm a trainer or a coach, I'm more motivated than most people. I'm for sure as hell not. You know, I know you're not. I can just assume you're not because nobody is, you know, like, yeah. Nobody has that extra amount of pure motivation all the time. Um, I think as, as we know, it gets a bad rap. Like I'm trying to catch my train of thought here. So motivation is not something that we should rely on as you know, right? It's not something that's always going to be there when we, when we say, oh, I'm just not motivated now. Like I'll get to, I'll get motivated and then I'll start doing something. You know, that's not how the process actually works. You have to do the thing 
for the motivation to come. You might get lucky and you know, and you might just like, like sometimes this literally happens to me. I might be sitting there. I feel very demotivated to do X and I just wait. Like I'll, I'll be doing something. I'll be eating food and I feel like crap, you know? And then by the end, I'm like, my, something happens in my brain. I start thinking about something that takes me somewhere else. And all of a sudden I'm amped up. That's, that's just kind of lucky. But on the more consistent tra- like track, we can't rely on it. You know, we have to just kind of be willing to do the thing that will spark that motivation and make it exciting. And then it will get better. You know, if you don't want to lift, but you know, you'll feel better doing it. I promise you, if you just try to get your mindset to do it, to start lifting, you're going to start to feel more confident and excited. And then that's going to progress into motivation. But on that note though, a, a newer thought I've had about motivation is that I don't think that's what's to blame all the time. You know, like I said earlier, there's a lot of people who, just say like they beat themselves up, you know, and I hate to see this. They say, I'm not motivated. I have no motivation. I'm lazy on this, but they're working in like corporate jobs, making tons of money, or they're having amazing family lives and raising awesome kids, or they're, they're doing all these incredible things. Like they're motivated people. They definitely have something to them. You know, they're not lazy, worthless people in any way. So I don't think that just because it's fitness, they're just demotivated and lazy. I think they haven't possibly discovered the real reason that training is important to them, you know, or the real benefit from it. I think it's just that it's as simple as that because like I'm motivated to train, you know, it's my job. It's what I help people with. I want to lead by example. I know all the benefits like the back of my hand. So why don't I always stick to my routine? You know, maybe because on those days I've really just, I, the thing I've been lazy about is making myself realize the importance of it. You know, I just kind of get back to those surface level thoughts of like, ah, it's just something I should do, like whatever. And then when I start to say, no, this is what I committed to. This is this, this is that I get motivated because I remember all those important reasons. So I don't think people are demotivated inherently. I think when that strikes, either just do the thing and see what happens or push yourself for a few moments to like, think about your reasons, you know, why, why would this be important to you? You don't have to work out. Like if I don't need everyone on earth to be training all the time, if you don't want to, you don't want to, but I think you as in anybody really would want to, if you understood how, just how great it can be, you know? So that's kind of my thought is like, either just do the thing and you'll start to feel it or think about your reasons a lot more clearly. Yeah. I really like what you ran through. I think motivation is, it seems like motivation is most present at the very beginning when somebody decides or discovers that they want to or need to make a change mm. because then you're motivated to get started. But at some point, we've said the word habit a bunch here. At some point, the motivation and the action needs to turn into a habit. And, and what you said about like, I know if I do this, it will make me feel better is such an important concept to, I mean, focus on and remember as much as you possibly can. That was a very big, that was a very pivotal transition point for me in terms of fitness and understanding. And, and And it's trickled down to all aspects of my life where like, if I'm at the end of a, a long work day and there are a few things that I need to do and I could put them off until tomorrow, but I know that if I get these things done, if I put in the extra hour, hour and a half of work, yeah, I'm going to end my work day later than I would like, but I'm going to feel so much better about tomorrow because I did that today. That same thing 
translates over to training. Every day, do you want to wake up and get in the gym and lift heavy weight? Of course not, like you said. But take it, take it a step further and think about what I do today. And, and, and you, you detailed this beautifully. What I do today, how is it going to impact the rest of my day? Because today is what I can control. And even how is it going to make me feel tomorrow? You may not feel great when you force yourself to go into the gym. Probably once you start warming up, you're going to get a little bit more into it and you're going to be able to complete the workout for that day. But how, you're, how it's going to make you feel. So putting up with the hour-long training session, that may be really a big-time struggle to get through it knowing how that's going to make you feel afterwards. I don't know many people that like force themselves to go into the gym. And then after they get the workout in, they're like, man, I was an idiot for doing that. I've done thousands upon thousands of workouts and that has happened zero times. (laughs) Exactly. Because at the very least, even if the workout was shitty and it sucked, you have the pride of going in there and doing something good for yourself. Yeah. I guess the only way you could walk out of there is like, if you didn't want to train and then you go in and you injure yourself, then you're like, I was an idiot. I shouldn't have showed up to the gym today. But outside of that, I don't know. I don't know any other situation where you would be, you know, down on yourself uh, for doing that. And then those are the moments, those are probably some of the moments that really help create habits too. Yeah. I'm with you. I like those points a lot. Something I just thought of as you were, you're speaking, actually, um, if whoever's listening to this, if, if this isn't motivating you and you've been struggling, here's an idea I've been thinking more about as well. That is, again, it, this the way that I look at it is these are all tools in your toolbox, right? I, I know nothing about actual tools, so this, this is all I can do. <laughs> but, but they're tools because I am somebody who has many, many, many times become overwhelmed by information with, with fitness and in school. I mean, in school, like I love learning, but I didn't do amazing in school because there was just so much information that I didn't know what I cared about. So I kind of shut down, you know, I was like, I just, I can't always focus on all these things. And I think a lot of people do that with fitness too. It's like, okay, I initially might be motivated. I'm excited. I want this, this, but there's 45 people telling me this thing to do on Instagram, or there's these hundred workouts I have options of. It's like, yeah. what do I do? So I'm not the, the coach. And I don't think you are either. That is going to say, this is the way. It's more, here are things that have repeatedly worked for me, for you, for other coaches, for other clients, for other people. And if you find one that might stick, I think you'll have some good luck with it. You know, um, here's another tool that works for me. When I, when I know that I have deep reasons or I should do it for myself or my 80 year old self, like all these things we talked about, it still doesn't always work. Cause sometimes I'm like, sometimes people aren't that nice to themselves. You know, they'll, they'll be like, you know what? I don't care about myself right now. Like I just, I'm feeling lazy. I don't want to do it. Who cares what I worry about at 80? Um, who cares about the rest of my day? All these, all these negative thoughts. What about the people that you care about? You know, because that's something that usually can light people up a little more. If I'm sitting there and I don't even care about the rest of my day and I'm in a really bad place, what's going to motivate me is knowing if I train right now and get myself, it's going to be really, really uncomfortable, you know, like going from the, the, lowest of motivation and your body's static on a couch and everything is just like, I don't want to move to having this robust, heavy training session is a whole different state. But if you can get yourself there, you will be a noticeably better person to your girlfriend, your husband, your brother, your, like your kids, whatever, you know, absolutely. So if those people are somebody or people that you care about, I think that can spark it. You know, like sometimes I really don't want to train, but I, I live with my girlfriend. I know that if I don't do it, 
I'll be, I'll be normal. Right. But if I get myself into that state and I train and I get back to my commitments, I'm going to be just so much better around her to her with her to the things she cares about. It's going to be massively different. So then I'm like, you know what, like grow up, sack up a little bit (laughs) and just train and just do it because it's not just about me. So that's another tool. I think whoever's listening can use if you're really struggling Think about your kids, think about the people you live with, think about the friends you might see later. You are going to be more charismatic, you'll be more kind, you'll be more interested in them, right? Because when you, this is a big one, I'll, I'll let you get back to it, but when you've done the thing physically or mentally for yourself already in a given day, you have so much more energy to devote to other people's interest in what's going on with them, right? Like, I can't tell, and this might make me sound like a kind of an asshole sometimes, but it's really not. It's just like, it's, I think it's human nature. I promise if I, sometimes when I don't train or if I feel like it's been a few days and I feel very physically lazy, I have a really hard time focusing on what people are saying to me. You know, like if I want to listen, I want to be, but I'm just like, I keep coming back to, I just feel like I'm missing this. I'm missing this. And it distracts me. I can't even control it. But when I've trained and I get a really hard session out of the way and I've done my things and I've, I've got my work stuff out of the way and I've committed to all these actions I'm like locked in, you know, because there's nothing else I have to worry about that day. I'm good to go. So again, that's, I'll leave it there. Like if you're struggling day by day with motivation or week by week, realize that when you get that stuff out of the way, you are going to be so much better devoted to the people you care about and the causes you care about. Like it's going to be hard not to, to do the physical stuff. Yeah. I couldn't agree more that, that last point that you made there with just being better for other people once you kind of take care of you is, is I, I, from my experience, I can speak to the truth of that because, um, I may also sound like an asshole, but man, when I, if I can't get the training session in, it it just, it impacts the rest of the day. And then when I can, it, it impacts the rest of the day in a positive way. Um, one thing you started off talking about with there was, kind of the topic of uh, overwhelming advice, like getting 30, 40 different opinions on what you should do based on the goal that you have. And that's a realization I've come to, like, I, I know how much information's out there, obviously. Um, there's more information now on fitness and nutrition than there's, there's ever been, which is great. Because I think when you and I started, there wasn't enough. And probably a lot of the mistakes we made was because it, it, we, we didn't have great information to go on. Exactly. But the problem with all of the information now is that a lot of it's bad. Um, and I, I recently just, you know, was, was scrolling through different social media platforms. And I must have seen like nine or 10 posts in a row of different people saying completely different things about if you want to lose weight, this is what you should do. And I just thought, man, this is putting myself in the shoes of somebody who wants to make a change. That's overwhelming and daunting. And and I understand why people struggle and fail because it's, it's incredibly hard to, to navigate. And and it almost made me, you know, I, I, I made a post about it and I said, like, if, if something is calling your name for whatever reason, if you want to get on a certain diet plan, like I don't think fad diets are necessarily the way to go, but if it's calling you and you want to try it, you can try it. You, you know, it's, it just made me 
feel really bad for the person that wants to make a change because there are so many people shouting so many different things at you at once. And I, and I really put myself in the shoes of, of somebody trying to make a change and, and felt bad for them. Dude, I'm like physically feeling what you're saying right now a lot. Like I really, that, that gets me worked up too. And I feel it a lot for people because it's, it's very overwhelming, right? It's here's, here's what I'll say is I think if you're, if you're listening to this, like a big reason, if you are struggling, a big reason why you may be struggling and why you might continue if you don't understand this is that you have too many options. Most people have too many options out there. And that's on one end, not somebody's fault. You know, it's just, it's what's thrown at us. Like there's options everywhere. You can't, we can't control that. But what we can control, this is what I teach the people I work with. And I know you do this as well, is the context at which stuff is relevant to you. You know, like understanding what is important for me now and why. So I don't just want to give somebody the answer. Like, even though someone comes to me and they want help with building muscle or or getting stronger or losing fat. Yes, at some point I'll tell them like the, the right approach, but I don't just want to blatantly say, this is the answer as if I'm Google search, you know, like I'm not, they can do that. I want to make you critically think about what is actually important for your situation right now, because you probably know the answer, you know, maybe you don't like, maybe somebody doesn't know the detailed science or all these methods that we are studying in XYZ and you, sh you shouldn't, if that's not your field. But you do know what stuff will make you feel good. And you do know what stuff will make you feel bad. And you do know what stuff is going to make you feel more proud of yourself and back and forth. So when you see these 10 Instagram posts, like one method is to do what a lot of people do and they just try it all, you know. Another method is to do what a lot of people do and they don't do anything because they're so overwhelmed. The third, I think, is the, the way to go is to just pick one, do it and see what happens, see how you feel. Or don't do any of them and do your, you know what I mean? Do your own thing and just, and just do stuff, like try stuff that's relatively safe and makes sense to a degree. And you're gonna learn because like, while it's nice to have a coach and it's nice to, to be one of the people that are kind of learning from other people who have been there, like you're gonna have to make your own mistakes at some point, you know, and that's gonna happen. And sometimes I, again, as weird as this might sound to some, I want my clients to almost mess up in certain situations because it's such an important learning role, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't want to be the, I, I want to, because I like, I very much want to always make them feel comfortable and happy. And that's just a, a challenge. But sometimes they're like, what should I do in this situation? I'm like, try something and tell me how it went tomorrow, you know? And like, I know that they might have a, a problem, but that's okay because I had a thousand of those problems with no one to ever ask. And I feel pretty confident in my fitness and where I'm at now, you know? So I think that's, that's important. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a balance of like, it's just kind of that, you know, it's very overwhelming. There's a lot of stuff, but listen to the people that don't give you their way. Listen to the people that challenge you to critically think about what makes sense for you. That's who you should listen to. That's, that's the person, whether they're a trainer or they're your parent or whoever, like if someone is just like, you know what, like figure it out and come back to me. They might be your person. If they're like, Hey, try this method, try this method, try this method. Like, relax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I think the, the people that, that if you see people out there that have uh quote unquote, the answer that I oftentimes think that's a person, maybe, maybe steer a little clearer of them and, and go for somebody with a more uh, moderate message. That's not, you know, trying to shove a specific plan down your throat, but 
Um, I, and I love the, what you said about, you know, learning from mistakes, virtually every introductory week that I'll set up in a strength program for somebody, I preface it by saying like, we're going to try some things this week and it's not going to be perfect. And you're probably going to struggle with an exercise or two and that's okay. And that's how we learn. And that's how we figure out how to put together a program that's going to be best for you. And that's another piece of like, you know, if you go back to the, the templates or the plans that are you know, sent out to everybody and you're getting the same thing as this, this person over here, um, it may not be best for you because it's simply not going to account for what does work or doesn't work for you. But I think this is a good place to, to transition and, and uh, maybe start to wrap things up because I like to ask people for, to help the listener with, you know, practical, actionable steps that they can take. And, and I know that you're passionate about strength training. So for somebody that wants to get started with strength training, this is a good opportunity, especially based on what we just talked about. What are some smart steps that people can take to get started and just start to navigate their way through strength training and, and find ways, find themselves two things that work for them. Absolutely. So trying to stay on track here. There's a few thoughts I have, but so I have one thought that is more on kind of the mental side, like ways to think about this that will help a lot. And then yeah. the other is just a practical, like what to do with your, your workout. So the mental side is the more important side, I think, because again, this is the foundation for everything else that will come. And that is any single question you have on fitness, any single decision you're trying to make, like, should I do this or this, or who should I listen to? Context is always the most important thing, right? Context, context. Like if you find yourself sitting there and you're going, okay, should I do, should I go on this program that's four days a week? Or should I do this program that's seven days a week? Uh, should I hire a coach or should I order these supplements or should I do this or that? Like, you have to like, what makes sense for that situation? Four is not always the best chance. Seven is not always the best chance. Like a coach isn't always even the best, you know, it depends. Some people don't necessarily need a coach in that moment. They need to fail on their own and figure things out yeah. and have those challenges. So it depends, but like, ask yourself those kind of questions, you know, because if the answer is ever just so clear all the time, you're probably not going in the exact direction you need. You need to be in a place where it's clear, right? But it may, it's clear for you, for your situation. It makes sense to you. You're not just blindly following these different things. Um, so to kind of sum that up is like the answer to most questions is it depends. There isn't a finite answer all the time. Critically think and start to develop that muscle, right? There's other muscles we train, develop that critical thinking muscle because that is going to be your best, best companion when it comes to any decisions down in life, fitness or not, like thinking through it you know, and making that decision because the more you do it, the better you get and the better you'll be able to get back on to whatever struggle you're having. Right. So critical thinking is one, the more practical side of just like exercise and kind of what steps to take. It's a tough one to say that the main thing, because it depends on where whoever's listening is at in their training, right? If you're more an advanced trainee and you're struggling with maybe some more deeper level things, well, that's, that's one topic, but for most people, what I, why I tell them if they're not doing this already is focus on the foundational movement patterns of training, right? As you said earlier, you have let's kind of kind of all of them, and there's different ways to categorize them and call them, right? I'm not going to get into all those details, but 
keep it simple. You have your squat movements, your hip hinge movements, lunge, single leg stuff, right? Those are the three main lower body ones. I like to say upper body push, upper body pull. And then again, there's other kind of miscellaneous things from there. Carries, you have core, you have all this stuff, but those four or five main movements, that's all you need to think about, right? Like train them, get to know them, get to understand them, get better at them, faster at them, just all that, anything that has to do with those movements, that's going to serve you. Whether your goal is weight loss or strength gain and muscle gain, it's going to be the foundation that sets up all of your training, you know? So I usually tell people when they're like, what program should I go on? How often should I work out? Do one exercise for each of those four to five movements. Do that three times a week, right? Get stronger at it. Take videos of yourself doing your, your lifts if you're alone. Start to see what they look like. Compare them to maybe professional. You know what I mean? Like start to just master those basics and you're going to see a lot of great results. And then you can go into more details about frequency and um, accessory exercises and like all these other details, right? But those basic movement patterns, just like any other foundation is going to be, is going to be where your training stems from. I love that. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man, the single leg lunge is not something I had done regularly until about two blocks ago. I reintroduced it. Whew. I love them. They, yep. they are, they are taxing, but just doing walking lunges with a pair of dumbbells down and back a few times. That's a, that's a killer, a killer way to, to end a workout. And, and I really enjoy it. You know what's funny about that? Yeah. Just to wrap up, like, but I'll say this and I mean, I've done quite a few training sessions with people like a lot and I would say 90% of them. So I'm talking like 1500 plus training sessions or a couple thousand training sessions have been with lunging with people, not squatting, not like barbell or, you know, I love barbell squats. I love that pattern. We do a lot of goblet squats because again, just in a, in a corporate gym or in even homes, like kettlebells are a lot more accessible than the whole barbell rack for most people. It's yeah. just, crowd wise. So I've done a lot of goblet squatting with people, but goblet squats aren't going to be that heavy on the legs at a, at a certain point for a lot of people, you know, if you want more of a stimulus, it's going to be more of like full body, a lot of grip work to hold it. So to actually tax the legs very heavily while not having to get the one squat rack that's taken all the time, or to buy a whole squat rack for your house, single leg lunging is the key. And I've done, I mean, again, 90 plus percent of the sessions I've done, I have focused on that. And I've become more and more focused on making that a heavy movement, not just doing like single leg high rep step ups, but like five rep max Bulgarian foot squats or like heavy side lunges, like really making people extremely powerful on one leg. And it's fun, you know, because you can like, there's so many options. I think it's, it's very applicable to real life. Like when you go hiking, if you want to have kids on your back and like walk up the, the rocks, you know, if you want to do all these cool things, like. It starts with your, your foundation, which is your leg. So yeah, man, I have a six month old and I brought this, the single leg lunges back in, not even realizing how much it would help me hold a child oh, yeah. and get up off the ground. But that's where it matters, right? It's how yeah. it's also helped my barbell squat, but that's oh, not yeah. as important as like being able to lift the kid up and down and get off the ground. It's good stuff. Okay. Uh, Harris, before we go, since we've bonded on our love of the office, oh, yeah. I have to know if you have a favorite episode or a favorite quote. And to give you a few seconds to think about that. I need to think about it, but go ahead. <laughs> I, I think, I'll share with you mine. I think 
that the Scott's Tots episode is both the funniest and most uncomfortable program I have ever watched <laughs> in the history of television. My heart's uh, beating so fast just from thinking of that episode. That is, that is <laughs> so excruciating to watch. I showed, so I've seen the whole series like 10 times through, I think. I mean, it's sometimes just on in the background, but yeah, showed my girlfriend the show for the first time this year. And that episode, I remember, like most of them, I was just watching her reaction because I knew every, like the whole series, I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Was like, is this a joke? Is he really that bad of a person? <laughs> so Scott's not good. Um, all right, for me, favorite, I'll, I'll say two episodes, kind of a cheat because they're paired. It's like a part one and two. And it's the, the fire drill episode where he puts the cigarette in the trash can and like <laughs> yeah. fire. And then, of course, the office CPR. Oh, man. When yeah. Dwight cuts the face off the dummy. <laughs> yeah. So that whole pair of my favorite episodes, my favorite quote hands down, I use it 10 times a day. Nobody likes me for it is that's what she said. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, Harris, tell people uh, where they can find you on, on the social medias and all that good stuff. Um, Yeah. My, my uh, business name, if you call it that is coached by Harris. So that's on Instagram. I have a website, which is kind of being redone now. I'm going to have it done hopefully this summer. I'm going to get it uh, a little bit more content up there, which would be nice. Um, That's it coachbyharris.com. If you're listening to this, work with Chris, hire him. He's awesome. <laughs> you definitely do that because your life is going to be a lot better. Oh, thanks. I'll, I'll be sure to clip that one out and, and put it on Instagram. <laughs> I can say it again if you want with like louder exclamation. No, that one will be perfect. Thank you. Cool, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Harris, thanks for coming on, man. We'll have to do it again. Absolutely. I would love to. We'll talk All to you right. soon. See you. See you, buddy.